Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome to the Umarpreneur Live podcast. Today on this very special episode, I have with me a very special guest, Sister Aruj Shishti. Aruj, assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Wa alaikum Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. And just to let the guests know a little bit about yourself before we kind of dive into our conversation, everything I want to talk about today. Uh, so Sister Aruj is a certified holistic health coach, and she's the founder of the natural beauty brand, Niur. So I'm sure I hopefully pronouncing that right. So just like pure, pronounce it Niur. And they've taken proven ingredients and knowledge from ancient and prophetic traditions. And what they've done is they've really combined them with modern techniques to give every person at every age the radiance they deserve. So they have these beautiful uh, skincare uh, products that they offer. And it's all made of potent formulas to balance, nourish, nourish and brighten all skin types. And it's all natural, organic, and that's what I love about it. So I wanted to bring you on today to talk about your experience and just your story and how you created this beautiful brand. Sure. Thanks so much. Um, so I am not a, I am a certified um, holistic health coach, but this wasn't always, you know, the track that I had mm. imagined. I was in corporate America for about 10 years. Um, I'm actually a math statistics major. Um, so, <laughs> you know, nothing really in this track. And how right. we... Um, came about this was kind of happenstance so i have two and it was more of a personal journey journey initially um mm -hmm. and then it kind of transcended into what this is right now so i have two metabolic illnesses um hypothyroid and pcos which many many women you know suffer with and so after my third child i was having a really difficult time balancing my hormones and um you know, they're putting me on different medications and things and, you know, losing weight. I was just feeling really bad, like tired. And, you know, you have three kids, eight, you mm -hmm. know, four and a newborn and you have to do something. So after a couple of years of just going back and forth, I said, you know what, I'm going to try something different, you know. Um, and so I kind of became a health coach, a holistic health coach and went down. You know, I went to school for a number of months and I went with the Dr. Sears program. He comes on. I don't know if you've ever seen this show, The Doctors. He's like a, um, a pediatrician um, yeah. and also, you know, a, a doctor, but he also has his own courses on, you know, natural holistic healing. Anyway, so I went to his, his school and I did all that and then, you know, got my life and, you know, feeling healthy and better and everything. But then we started looking at, so once we did the food and, you know, the cleaning products and stuff, um, because a lot of that stuff is, you know, processed and it has hormones in it and it has um, things that mess with your natural rhythm, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so we took that all for me and my kids both. You know, they also have um, some autoimmune illnesses. So anyways, I, at that time I had a 12-year-old daughter. I mean, she's 16 now. And um, we started to think, okay, so all this stuff is bad in the food and, you know, cleaning and stuff. Let's look at like what I use, like skincare and lotions and creams, because that's the time where, you know, the girls go through changes. And I didn't want her to have an added, you know, influence from products, if mm. possible, um, and kind of keep her away from the illnesses that I had, because I don't know what caused them, right? Maybe it was, you know, my lifestyle, maybe it was the products that I use, because a lot of the skincare um, ingredients are hormone imbalances, are, you know, mm. estrogen, you know, um, uh, mess with your estrogen levels. And um, so, and they're not FDA regulated, you know, in the United States here, you can basically put anything in and you can hide it behind, you know, different wordings. So, Anyway, so that's how that came about. Um, and so we started making products for ourselves, for my daughter and for me, because we were like, you know, we're going to just go all natural. And when, then we started 
doing that and people in the community started saying, oh, wow, you know, your daughter's skin looks so good now because, you know, she's a teenager. She was going through those hormonal changes mm -hmm. and they're like, what did you do? Oh, yeah. You know, what are you doing? You're like 40 you know, years old. Why does your skin look so nice? Blah, 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 whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know. You know, you know, we started this, whatever. And then I started handing them out to my friends and family. And then somebody put the idea in my head. One of my friends, they're like, you know, we know all these people that do these lives on like Facebook and whatever, and their products are not even as good as yours. Why don't you sell them? And so mm -hmm. that idea was, you know, put in our head a number of years ago. But also um, I wanted to go back with to why we went with the prophetic ingredients, because what we started to do was we also started to, when we were changing our lifestyle, look at like Tibbet Nabui. Tibbet Nabui is not only the eating habits of the Prophet it was his lifestyle, how he slept, when, um, you know, how much exercise he got, that type of things, you know, um, his schedule, basically, you know, when to wake, when to sleep. So all that, that, those lifestyle changes. And so then we also went back to the fruits and vegetables and then the, um, the oils and different things that are made from those ingredients that are mentioned in the Quran and Sunnah because, you know, they have amazing properties. And we focused on the black seed um, mm -hmm. at first because, you know, uh, which is the Nigella sativa, because that recently has had a lot of um, in scientific research done over the past 20 years. It's actually been used as um, a supplement to even treating cancer. Um, and you can go on to, you know, the scientific websites and see how they've used that, that they've isolated, you know, um, elements from the black seed. So, um, like I said, two of my children have an autoimmune. They have a um, vitiligo, which is where the uh, skin, you know, loses its melanin. And they have one that is um, trauma-induced. So the more eczema that they get, the more scratching and irritation that they have, the worse it gets, mm. um, basically. So anyway, so that's how it started. So we started looking at the prophetic ingredients, seeing, well, you know, this actually helps vitiligo, this helps eczema, this ingredient from Africa helps, you know, um, this, you know, condition. Um, and then of course, you know, I'm getting older, so I'm like, what do we do for the anti-aging part? And so we started adding, you know, looking at the anti-aging properties like pomegranate seed and, you know, fig and yeah. all these beautiful, beautiful ingredients that are mentioned in the Quran. Um, anyway, so that's how we, how we began our journey. Right. That's amazing. So it all started with you actually trying to find a solution for your own family. And, and then from that, sharing it with friends and then realizing, oh, this is actually working. People are enjoying it. Maybe I should consider doing this into a business. Yes, exactly. And because of my statistician. So, you know, what we did was we said, well, we can't just go on. Yeah. Five or 10 of our friends, you know, it works for them. Mm -hmm. So we created, um, a list of people all over the country that we knew and we and what type of skin types they were and things like that and it, this was like a year a year and a half long process and we sent them our products and we had them fill out surveys and then we you know tabulated the data and saw what worked um, i mean we had a small group before we did that of people you know that were close to us that give us advice oh this smells like this you need to you know reduce this or you know this is too oily or this is too whatever right so once we right. got a formula what we thought was perfected then we handed it out to everybody collected that data and said okay if it works for you know 95 percent of the people they didn't have any reactions to it because it's something that you know um, you also don't want people to although the products right. are natural they can still have reactions to some of these ingredients mm -hmm. because they're not based they're natural based you know um yeah. and so that's how we gathered our data and said, okay, yes, this is working. These are proven 
separately as you know helpful scientifically proven ingredients but do they work together and so when we put them together you know they worked and there was actually a few products that um, we didn't launch because they didn't work uh, what they were meant to do we had an under eye cream that everybody said nope didn't really do much for me. Uh, we thought it would based on the ingredients, but when we looked at the the data, we saw that you know it wasn't. So we didn't you know invest our money into um, marketing that and producing that. So, so I, I love what I'm hearing here because what I'm hearing is actually like on the ground marketing research that's being done in the business before mm-hmm. products are being released. Right? Yes, exactly. Because mm-hmm. you have to um, because when you are dealing with any type of things like food or skincare, you have to make sure that um, you have to protect yourself, right? Because what you don't want is you don't want somebody having any type of reaction to any of your products. Um, You also have to buy insurance and, you know, things like that, of course, um, uh, afterwards to protect yourself. But um, you have to do that part because um, it's one, it's almost unethical, right? Because you can't make statements that this works because we've only tried it on like five people, right? Statistically, that's not a significant amount of, you know, people in any sort of trial. Um, and, and second, you have to, um, as being Muslims and doing things with Ahsan, right? And with, with excellence and perfection, you have to go that extra step um, in everything that you do because um, that will just give peace to you. And also it will show in your products and it will show in, um, as a, you know, in your whole um, company, you know, right. if you start with that intention of perfection of Ihsan and pleasing mm. and doing the things the right way for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah, definitely. And I, lo- I really like that ideology. And, you know, when pe- for people listening to this who are entrepreneurs, people aspiring to start their businesses, a lot of them wonder, a lot of the times I have an idea or I have something that I think could be pretty interesting to share with the world. What is the best way to go about it? And I think you just shared it in your own story, right? That starting off by first creating something that you found a need, you found a problem, right? That you felt like all these products were being created with all these harmful ingredients, right? All of these right. synthetic ingredients, or artificial ingredients um, that weren't FDA approved. And you felt like you wanted something natural for your skin, for your family's skin. Right. And you went out and you figured out, okay, what can I do to solve that problem? And you solved it for yourself, for your family, then for a few friends. And then you realize, oh, maybe I can do this as a business. But you then, and then not only that, then you're like, okay, let me do some market research, really get my proof of concept. And you went and did the research and then you release a product, which is essentially the path that every single entrepreneur needs to take when they want to release a product or launch a business. Right, right. Uh, and for yourself, when you decided that you wanted to now create this into an official brand, create your beauty right. and, you know, package the product, really start, you know, mm-hmm. pretty much, you know, building this as a business. What were the steps that you needed to take to go from, you know, this home formula and home right, solution right, exactly. to like, okay, this is an official brand now. Right. So the first step that I took was I met with a marketing expert and, and because I am not, you know, savvy with marketing, let's just say. And so, um, and the first step that he says, you have to decide what avenue you are going to sell your products on. Like, is it going to be in store? Is that your, you know, goal off the bat? Mm. Are you going to just do it online? Um, And then on what platforms are you going to market it? Are you going to use like, are you going to sell it wholesale to other, um, you know, um, marketplaces basically that they have? Um, or are you going to just 
develop your own website and just do it online only. So that's like the first, first step. Like, where are you going to sell these products? What's your, your intention, right? So once you have that down, and so because this is something that, you know, I'm a mom first and foremost, you know, um, and um, uh, it was going to be something that I would have to do initially on the side anyways. And again, my youngest was three two ish yeah. two and a half three at the time so mm. this was a while back and so you have to kind of know your own limitations and i knew my own limitations at that time and so i said well initially i'm just going to sell online and that's what i'm going to work for my own website i have enough um you know knowledge and you know savviness to build my own website and you know go that way and so that's what that's what i did um and then one of the other things um uh, he asked me was, well, you know, and I said, well, should I just send my products to like, you know, Melanie at Odd Ijab or, you know, all these people mm -hmm. that I knew from, yeah. you know, my different experiences. And what they had said was you could, but what you don't want to do is have a bad review potentially from somebody who is so influential off the mm -hmm. bat. So what you need to also do is make sure that you have a some sort of cutoff, like after the first hundred products or something of that one sold, then you can start, you know, marketing it to some of these people that are um, more famous, you know, in whatever your own community, because you don't want, um, you know, to have that potential right. negative review, even though you believe right. in your product, even though you did your market research, even though you tested with, you know, these many hundreds of people still like you have to, that's just part of like the marketing process that you don't want to do that. And so I was a little bit bummed. And the reason I mentioned Melanie was because um, Melanie Elteric was because, um, you know, I think one of your questions was, how did you, you know, um, what pushed you to the edge, right? So I was, right. this is in 2019. It is, you know, before the pandemic. Um, it is, we attended a, um, a national hijab day, like mm -hmm. world hijab day and Mel in Oklahoma city and Melania Al Turk was there and she was the guest speaker and she was actually sitting at our table. So we had a long conversation with her. And at that time we were actually auctioning off a box of my products. So everything was ready to go, but I hadn't launched yet and right. officially. Um, I had done a little bit of, you know, uh, marketing and things. I was just holding back, right? So I was mm -hmm. like 90% there, I wasn't sure. And so yeah. after we had that, you know, and after her inspirational talk and everything, I just kind of went for it. I said, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do it. I was just, there was something holding me back. Like I was a little bit scared, you know, because yeah. you're starting something, um, going into the unknown and you don't know if it's going to be successful and you don't know that all this work you've been doing for so many years, you know, once you like hit the button that, okay, we're going live, it's yeah. kind of a little bit of scary thought that, you know, is it really going to work? Is mm -hmm. everything that I did, you know, you kind of have that self-doubt, you have imposter syndrome at that point. Oh, do I really know what I'm talking about? Is this something that, you know, is is, you know, for me or for, yeah. you know, going to benefit other people? So anyway, so... Um, it's a stressful period, right? When you're just about to put yourself out there and share what you're yeah, doing yeah. the world. Yeah, yeah. So, right? so anyway, I kind of got off topic. I'm sorry. What what were we talking about? Yeah. No. So you were you were sharing actually the um, the you know the, the story of how I think Melanie inspired you, or when you were there, you were inspired. Yes, yes, thanks yes. to so Melanie marketing, in regards yeah. to so the marketing. Anyway, uh, so I spoke to this marketing yeah. um, executive, and we just decided that we were going to just 
I was going to build my own website. First, I was going to hire somebody, but I was like, you know yeah. what? I think there's enough platforms and stuff. I can do it because I've, I've done it before. So that's what I did. I have an IT and statistics background uh, way from way back when, you know, like 20 years ago. So, um, yeah. and um, so that's the path we went down with. So the next thing though was um, sourcing our materials, right? You have to like do all this research in, um, when you're starting a small business, everything for a product-based business is sold in like thousands of quantities. Yes, the, the you know? MOQ, right? For, the minimum order quantity that you yes, deal with, with uh, suppliers. Yes, for it to be for you, right? Otherwise, mm -hmm. it's, you know, a third party selling something and it's, you know, they've upped their costs. And so to you, everything ends up being so expensive. And so I found some local um, manufacturers of like the packaging materials and uh, things over here. And I just had to just do lots of research and get quotes and, you know, get things in the hundreds, so not the thousands. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And then all the label designing and all that type of stuff, you know, we kind of went cheap on that. We went, we wanted everything to look luxurious, but we couldn't afford, for example, laser printing on bottles, right? Mm -hmm. Because that is just, and there's a minimum order quantity of like 5,000 for that. So wow. when you're just okay. starting up one- Yeah, when you're launching a business, you're like, wait, am I gonna, <laughs> let's let's start a little bit smaller here. Let's not get too yeah, over exactly. ambitious. So, you know, we, 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 we did with whatever, you know, abilities that I had. And so everything looks like it's laser printed, but those are just, you know, clear labels that we were able to get at a really, really good price. Um, and then I wanted to talk about sourcing of our materials. So um, that was one of the um, parts that we decided we wanted to focus on, right, is how and where we source our materials. Because a lot of the stuff is, you know, um, you can buy from different companies um, over here that, but but they purchase it from overseas. For example, our argan oil and our date yeah. seed oil and you know, the black seed oil and things like that. And while we were researching, we we I had known about you know the Muslim women's cooperatives in Africa, and what they do is they you know hire women, give them a living wage, and that helps them get um, you know a livelihood for them basically, okay. right? Um, and so we started looking at that avenue for whatever product, whatever raw materials that we could possibly. So we have, you know, three of our raw materials that come from women's cooperatives in different um, African countries. Um, because beautiful. like I said, we wanted to not only build a brand, but we wanted to build a brand that along the way helped whatever communities it was touching. So if we're yeah. sourcing materials from Morocco or from Mauritius or from, you know, um, Ghana, we wanted to help those communities where we're sourcing those materials because we didn't want to just take away from those local communities because when you buy material buy ingredients that are cheap that are you know from these big manufacturers they don't really care about those workers and those communities right yes. and so um that's how we started um and even the products that we source locally we source from um, there's actually a company in Canada that, that we source many of our ingredients from, and mm -hmm. they actually give meals to um, eight families for every purchase that I make for raw materials. Amazing. Yeah. So, um, so kind of, it's like, you know, um, you know, pay it forward type of thing. Right. And so, um, again, it was kind of that whole, um, I want to do everything right, but I also want to just not do it for making money. I want to help everybody that I can on the way. We mm -hmm. have a tea farm that we use in um, for our Ayurvedic slash Islamic teas. 
um, in India that actually is a fair trade farm. And what that does is it helps with the education of their children and make sure that they get paid well. Because as you know, in a lot of these third world countries, you know, um, labor is exploited. And that's mm. something that is totally against Islam. And we were mm. wanted to make sure that, you know, we were not part of that if we can avoid it, basically. Definitely. Wow. So. That's beautiful, Michelle. I love that. So not only did you try to really make a product that was natural, again, that really used, uh, you know, pure ingredients, but then you also went out and decided to really understand and research and study the process of where you're sourcing those ingredients yeah. and really try to find sustainable and ethical suppliers to be able to benefit others along the way. And I think that's a beautiful initiative, mashallah. And I think there's going to be so much barakah in your business Amin. because of that, right? Inshallah. So Inshallah. I, the, you know, when you, when you do those things, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then, you know, helps you out in return. And so I think there's definitely, you know, even for us as Muslims, we know there's a spiritual benefit to doing those things. Not only a worldly benefit of helping others, but the spiritual as well. Yes, yeah. exactly. And, you know, and, you know, this is something that I was building with my daughter. So my daughter and I kind of built this brand together. We, you know, tested on ourselves and we did a lot of the research and the mixing of the products and, you know, things when we started from, from home ourselves. And that was something that you want to instill in your children as well, that whatever you do, you do first and foremost for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then, two, you don't just do it for you know, the money, you do it for the best with Ahsan as you possibly can right. in every aspect of it. So we went sustainable, ethical, natural, and then, of course, you know, made sure that we were helping the communities from which we sourced from. Right. That's beautiful, mashallah. And you decided to then finally, you've sourced all these products, you've found, you know, suppliers across different countries yes. to bring <laughs> it all together and to create your product. And yes. it, now it's time for launch. Yes. You want to go out and you want to launch your product. And for a lot of people, this is a stressful period because yeah. are, am I going to make sales? Am I going to get my customers right, right. You know, to come and buy? So for you, what is it that you did? And maybe that would hopefully give some, you know, some value for our listeners. What is it that you did to actually go about marketing your products when you launched? Okay. So I think this was my hardest, most difficult part of the process. Like I love mm. the designing and the, you know, the building and the making, but how do you, how do you put yourself out there and how do you market yourself? Yeah. Because that's something almost that we're taught not to do right like to boast mm. and you know, talk about you know yourself and your products and things so that was like the hardest thing is how do you how do you put yourself out there um and that was actually my biggest challenge you know i'm going to answer one of your other questions was i had not been on social media for a while and now everything was social media right now and i'm talking about 2017 2018 right um and so meaning not instagram not you know twitter and snapchat and stuff i had an account like but i never ever used it and it was just facebook and facebook was only for um basically personal and obviously community related events and yeah. so that was my biggest challenge was i needed to learn how to market through facebook how to market through instagram because that is what everybody was doing and that's how you get seen and noticed nowadays right yeah. and so i wish i had started that process earlier you know um as opposed to waiting till I, it was almost launch time because mm -hmm. you can build up yourself and build up your brand even before launching. And that's, you know, some advice that I would give to somebody, even when you're thinking about things, you need to document all that process, what you're doing, where you're going out and stuff, because that's what kind of builds that, you know, um, 
intrigue basically mm. before you launch and you get your followers and things like that before you even launch and there's you know um marketing companies that can help you also do like a press release or do um you know get yourself into um uh, different magazines and things which i'm now just doing because i didn't know yeah. about this before right um even before you launch a launch a product so if anybody watching needs help with connecting with anybody that can help you do that or i could i can help you please you know i'd be definitely willing to help help you out because that's what i'm doing right now which i should have done like two years ago but i didn't right. know and that's what you know that's why we're here. We learn from from our mistakes. So mm -hmm. I did a lot of Instagram marketing. I did um, Facebook marketing. And then the very, very first thing, though, I, after all that, I wasn't getting a lot of sales because this is like March 2019. Um, and then in July, I think, of 2019, I stumbled upon it was a Muslim Women's Entrepreneurship Conference that okay. was happening in um, California. Mm -hmm. And so I contacted the owner. Her name is Hassana um, Al Yakubi, and it's called PFH, and it's like a modest, modest. Um, she has mo modest fashion line, but she also for many years has this um, conference. And so I was able to get a booth in that conference. So I flew with my daughter um, in August of 2019 to California with all our products and everything like that, and we set up a table. And I think that was kind of the turning point where I physically showed my product and I made a lot of um, connections, basically, you know, a lot of those, you know, um, and which I still have today, you know, I met Yasmin Al-Hadi, who's the, the um, you, you know, the comedian. I met mm -hmm. um, um, Isra Chalker. I don't know if you know her from, she is, you know, does a lot of humanitarian work. And I met, you know, so many of these other inspirational women um, at that, um, at that mm -hmm. entrepreneurship con uh, conference that I think those connections really helped me because in the end, they started advertising my products and buying my products because I also was able to get my products into their um, gift bags. So um, all of these, you know, influential people who were speaking at the events and who were, you know, the organizers. Um, and if you got a VIP pass, you got kind of like a little gift bag, right? And in that, we were able to donate a um, hundred of our products that went in that. And then they, we also put inserts about our company and things like that. So that was, I think, the biggest marketing, um, you know, launch that we could have done. Um, and uh, because I didn't really know how else to market it because you're not in a physical store and you're just, you know, online. Yeah. And other than marketing on those two platforms, I didn't know how else to. We had planned to go to like ISNA and, you know, Ignite things, but then COVID happened. And so then yeah. all these, you know, conferences and things didn't, didn't pan out. Um, so anyways, right. um, that was how I went about marketing. I tried to get on different, um, you know, uh, podcasts and talk to different, um, uh, do lives with like Hakima. I don't know if you know her. She's from like in the DC area um, okay. and things. People, basically influencers, right? Who also mm -hmm. shared the same values that I had because I didn't want to veer from, you know, what my mission statement was, you know, and, you know, I picked and chose those people carefully on my end as well, you know, mm -hmm. on who I want to uh, represent or, you know, um, you know, who would understand my vision of the, um, what it is you're trying to do. It, yeah. Right. And mm -hmm. what I'm trying to accomplish. So mm -hmm. anyways, so that's would you how feel like 
and we started with the marketing and right now we do you know you, you have to build your um your email list right okay. and how do you do that mm -hmm. so you have to make sure that you ask people to sign up on your website for the email list you know and you need to have the default as yes sign up and they have to unclick it you know those little types of things to not yeah. be on the list and so then you send out you know your marketing emails um and then you know promotions and just um you know just keep doing it keep at it um and if you have any connections like if you have people who are like yourself are doing podcasts or if you have friends or, that are friends with other people you need to uh, you know contact them and say hey can you you know share this or can you uh you do you want to try this product and um so we did that initially and then we started reaching out to influencers who are, are paid influencers basically yeah. because what you don't want to do is that's their time that's their money uh, I mean, that's their time and time is what's valuable. And so yeah. um, you have to do that as well. So that is would you started. Would you say that uh, marketing with influencers was that what was the most impactful for you in your business personally? I know you mentioned you tried Instagram marketing, Facebook marketing first, which I'm guessing was paid so were you like paying trying to pay for ads and seeing how that would work exactly out? yeah so i was just okay. trying to pay for you know the ads that pop up on your stories or the ads that right. pop up you know when you're scrolling same with facebook um mm. and you can do you can set parameters for you know um do you want men women between the ages of mm. what the ages are right you know like narrow down your you know audience pool um right. and so that's who it you know targets and markets towards um but yeah, which was, you know, we got a few sales here and there, but I didn't really feel that that was what kind of um, was the way really to go propelled. for us. Right. Maybe and we then weren't big enough or maybe, yeah. With so, the influencer marketing, did that turn things around? Do you feel like that was more impactful for your business? I'm sorry? I didn't was the influ influencer marketing, uh, did that end up being more impactful for your business at the end of the day? Yes, it did. It did because okay. of who the influencers were not, you know, because of who their base was, right? So if they were just any influencer and their right. base was not, you know, a Muslim majority base, I don't think that would have helped. But because mm -hmm. of the influencers that I did use, they were majority Muslim um, followers. I think that's what helped a lot. So when you're looking at whatever your niche market is, you also have to look at the influencers and who their followers are to actually yeah. make a difference. Because I did send my products out to um, other influencers that were um, not Muslim as well. Mm -hmm. And that did not make much of a difference um, okay. in my sales at the end of the day. Right. And that's really, it, it's interesting for you to say, because really that's just like advertising. When you said the parameters of who your client, who your ideal client is, and you're trying to reach mm -hmm. with influencer marketing as well. It's not only important to just look at who has the most followers, but then also to look at who actually, even if they're smaller, right. Even if they have like 8,000 followers or, you know, 10,000 followers, but are those followers, is that a pool of your ideal clients or potentially people who would be interested in what you have to offer? Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so that I kind of just learned by trial and error, basically, because mm -hmm. like I said, I'm not <laughs> that's my weak point is is the marketing. And you would think that that's what you really need to, um, yeah. you know, you need to be an expert on. But, you know, I'm learning as I'm going. So, yeah, definitely. Well, I'm really glad that you shared that. I think that's a lot of value already that a lot of people could take away to, you know, have those ideas to how they could potentially market their products. And I want to ask you for yourself, what has been the biggest lesson that you've learned throughout your business journey so far of building this business and going through, you know, manufacturing and launching a product and a skincare brand? What has been the biggest lesson for you? Um, 
that um, <laughs> the biggest lesson um, is not to lose hope, I think. <laughs> right. Is that mm. it'll happen eventually because, you know, honestly, like when I launched, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get so many sales. This is going to be amazing because you believe right. in your product. You've worked so hard for it for so many years. You know, you did all yeah. the data and the research and everything and, you know, the packaging and you're like, okay, ready to go. I'm going to get so many sales. And then like you launch and it's crickets. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, then you just have to, um, you know, just, I know that's, that's kind of like reality hits and you're like, okay, it's a process. It's a process and it takes time and nothing happens overnight. Right. Like nobody knows that you spent like three years trying to do this right to them. It was just, Oh, there's this new product out there. Right. And so that will happen. And, uh, you know, the biggest, I think, takeaway is that you need to start early. Like when you have this idea, you need to start putting yourself out there and marketing at that time and not wait for when you release the product. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And I agree yes. with that. And I think all of us as entrepreneurs, like reality hits us at some point where we think we're going to launch and okay, we're going to be a you know, millionaire overnight. It's going to be, this is it. This is the yeah. idea. Right. And it's, it's it's so it's so funny when you know reality hits and like you know months go by and you're like wait this is not exactly where I want it to be but that's the point where it's like people will either look at that and be like oh wait it's not an overnight success story I'm done working on it right. or you know you actually tough it out and you realize well it's natural all businesses take a lot, all great businesses take years to build right. and you have to learn as well along the along the way what it is that you need to do and I think once you go through that process you know and you learn how to have that patience then you can really just focus on the present and what you can do right now to help, you know, increase just a little bit, you know, your revenue or just, you know, reach that next milestone or that next goal within your business. Right. And I think one of the other things is that um, we don't also know what is best for us, right? At that time, you know, as, you know, Muslims, right? We believe that whatever happens, happens for a reason and whatever the timeline is, it happens for a reason. And I think when I look back, I don't think I could have handled even physically with, you know, the things I was doing in the community and with my little children, if I was to be some overnight success, right? Like right. that would just not have been possible. I would have had to like scale back. Like I didn't have that, that economies of scale, right? That you would talk about um, at that time. Um, and I didn't have the know-how of how I'm going to do this because you're just a launching um, kind of when you're not an expert in you know, entrepreneurship, or you're not an expert in marketing, right? And, um, and so there's wisdom in that as well. So if something isn't happening, the way you had planned for it to happen, I think we need to take a step back and just, um, you know, accept the fact that this is good for me now, and maybe there's something better, or this timeline that's happening is what is um, going to help me in, in the future. And maybe this is what I, um, I really need and maybe I wouldn't have done so well if something happened differently, right? So we have to yeah. we have to accept that as Muslims that this is the way it, it is and this is the best for me at this time. Right? Yeah. Definitely. No, I completely agree. I want to share a few like tidbits that people can can kind of remember and memorize from this episode. Yes. And I'm sure there's so much already that we've shared, but for you, what is it that you would give as advice to other Muslims who are listening to this? who are thinking of starting their own product businesses specifically? Is there, you know, maybe some tips that stand out to you that you could share with our listeners today? Sure, sure. So um, the first tip is that you have to 
um, find your niche, right? You have mm. to really find whatever you are selling and what differentiates you. That's the first thing. Because for me, like now I look back, there are a lot of now natural organic brands, right? The big companies, that's where they're going for. They're all sustainable. They're all, you know, uh, you know, recyclable and natural packaging and stuff. So there's no way that you as a small business without, you know, a huge, you know, um, backing can actually compete with them. So what is your niche, right? So my niche, mm -hmm. for example, is the using the prophetic ingredients, um, the black seed specifically, which right. is not, no other brand really uses that, right? And so you have to make sure you know what your small niche is and that you have to advertise that, right? Because otherwise, right. The likelihood that there's somebody else out there that is in your same line has already thought of that product um, is very high, right? Because um, that's just how, statistically speaking, that's what it's going to be. Mm -hmm. So you have to define what that niche is early on. And you have to de define if it's not necessarily a product, but if it's like, for example, we're not just product. It's also lifestyle, right? Like advice and things like that. Um, you know, recipes and things on our blog, um, what your voice is going to be, right? Um, and we struggled. I struggled a lot with that. And I think it was because I was trying to please a lot of people and I was trying to market to a lot of people. So you have to, one, know what your niche is and two, who your actual audience is going to be. Mm -hmm. um, right. because I was trying to include, well, if I say ancient ingredients and provided again stuff, I can market to, you know, the masses as opposed to just people who understand, you know, from an Islamic standpoint type of thing. And so I think that was a mistake that I made initially that right. I, I was trying to, you know, kind of cover it all instead of really, really stick to my, um, my niche market. Yeah, definitely. Well, those are really two great pieces of advice. And I think really the, the importance of them is one that most startup entrepreneurs underestimate. And a lot of times when I'm in my coaching sessions with my students for our mentorship program, and we're talking about, you know, conversations related to marketing, related to sales, related to increasing revenue and all of those, you know, important topics within business, most conversations will end up at hey, we need to look at really who is your niche at the end of the day and who are you talking to? And, you know, do you really know who your client is? Because the minute you don't is when sales fall flat. It's when right. your, your marketing, your communication falls flat because you don't know who you're talking to. But when you have that vivid and clear image in your mind of this is who I'm talking to, this is who I want to attract, then you're able to communicate according to their fears, their challenges, their obstacles, their goals, and really, you know, relate to them where they look at your business or your product or even, you know, look at your marketing and feel like, wow, this was made just for me. And that's what you want them to feel. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I, just like you said, initially, um, I didn't understand that properly. And, and I think if I was to go back, that was one of the biggest takeaways that I would, I would um, readdress <laughs> if I could in, in the very beginning. And then the other thing is that you don't have to have everything perfect in the sense that um, 
if you're 80% of the way there, like with your website and your marketing, you know, materials and things like that, just go for it because there's always things that you're going to have to do afterwards anyways that you didn't think about. So, you know, if you're 80, 90% of the way there, just go for it. That's my advice. And I wish right. I had done that because I just, I literally waited for six months for no reason, you know, yeah. because I had this imposter, you know, syndrome. I wanted the website, everything to be just mm. ready to go when, yeah. um, thinking I'm going to, you know, have like, you know, <laughs> so many, like, you know, um, orders right off the bat. Right. So, mm. um, anyway, so that is, that's my little piece of advice. For sure. Well, I appreciate you sharing <laughs> that. And what's in store? What can we expect from uh, New York Beauty in the future? Sure. So we are working with a few um, uh, manufacturers, zero waste facilities and creating, um, I can't say what the product is. So it's going to be a revolutionary product that, you know, is going to um, change, you know, something for a lot of skincare, makeup for a lot of um, women, um, Muslim women, as well as, um, you know, women of color and hopefully everybody else so right that's that's awesome mashallah and uh right now with your one one question that i actually have for you yes. uh with the skincare products have they been tested against people who for example suffer from irritations of the skin acne or you know other issues and do they in your experience i know maybe you don't want to make any health claims but have they had an impact on any of those issues yes yes so our tree hugger balancing face oil is actually so our products target different you know conditions or areas so it's mm -hmm. the one in the green the green bottle and that is i think our best seller because it helps with eczema and it helps with acne so you will right. see if you have acne it will so you can't change hormonal acne right because it's coming from inside it's not topical but when you use mm -hmm. that you will see the cycle shortened if you have eczema i've had i think tens of people come back to me and said i've been using this eczema cream for years and this eczema spot won't go away but i started putting the oil on my hand and whatever and it's like gone right and mm -hmm. so it wasn't meant for eczema initially but people are using it for you know eczema and it was for vitiligo is what I had used it for. So you don't have the irritation. So the purpose of this product specifically was that you does not cause your irritation. Um, mm. And it actually helps balance out your skin and it's not oily and, you know, anything like mm. that. And so the That's ingredients amazing. in them are for, you know, acne prone skin. Um, and I have two teenagers and they've been using it for years. So. <laughs> I'm going to have to pick one up of those. Can, can, can men use it too? Is that okay? Is yes, I actually okay. have a handful <laughs> of men that use the, that actually that use the tree hugger. I also have a beard oil, which is based, it also Amazing. has black seed oil and fixed seed. And that was one of our best selling products as well. Um, but yes, there is a handful of men. And what I do, because I know there are men, they don't want the gold bottles. I, um, Put it in a different bottle for them. So. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'll write a note. I think this is for a man. Can we change the color? <laughs> so, um, Love it. So I do. I, I do. Just because, you know, most of them are people that I know um, mm. that I do that for. And um, sorry, excuse me. I'm going to put this down. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, why not? Because that's yeah. just part of customer service, right? For sure. I love that. That's really nice. So there's a question that I ask every single guest that comes on this podcast. And I'd love to share it with you as well. Get your answer for this question. And the question is the following. If you could meet Aruj from three years ago or more, when you were just kind of getting started on this journey, right? You were just uh -huh. thinking of creating this product and you were about to go and embark on this 
tumultuous journey of entrepreneurship. And you could tell her one thing. You can meet her and you could tell her one thing that she could hold on to throughout her journey, kind of like a mantra, something that she could remember, she could refer to. What would that one thing be for you? I think it would be don't stress and everything will be okay. Mm. Okay. (laughs) Awesome. I love that. And is it because you feel like the journey can be stressful sometimes and it can? It it can because, you know, depending on the type of personality you are, I'm a very, I'm like a perfectionist in everything that I do and in whatever I take on, right? Like if I have a project mm-hmm. with like the masjid or with, you know, um, another organization, I have to like be all in and, um, and really, really puts, you know, takes a lot out of me, right? Like I don't like to do anything halfway. Um, yeah. And so I think the initial process, it took such a mental burden capacity to do this with you know you remember you're like a mom and you have three kids and you have you know all these other you know after school activities blah blah, blah whatever so it took mm-hmm. like a lot out of me and i had these own my own deadlines set for myself and if i didn't meet them i would you know mentally be like oh no i had to do this and i didn't do it um and i think that's something that you have to set those deadlines or else you're never going to get anything done for yourself because you're in business for yourself but you also can't be so hard on yourself and i think um that I was so hard on myself um, that uh, to get everything done perfectly and launched and everything, because it's just you really. And you know, your, um, your kid, but you know, and we could get into our heads sometimes, can't we? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You articulate it so well. I'm such having such a hard time. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're doing great. Honestly, there's so much value to be had here. So I really appreciate everything you're sharing. Uh, there's actually a few questions from the audience that came in. So that's okay with you. We're going to go and dive into some audience Q and A now. Is that all right? Of course. Let's do it. So uh, right now in the audience, we got three questions that already came in. Uh, We'll try to get to as many as possible. So one of them is a great question uh, from one of our viewers on Facebook. And they're asking, how important is creative packaging for a cosmetics brand? So how did you create your packaging? Was it based on customer feedback or did you have uh, some sort of inspiration beforehand? So I had a vision that um, I wanted it to be like a luxury look. Um, and when I did my own market research, you know, I went to stores, I went to Sephora and Ulta and, you know, there were some brands that I kind of, um, love the packaging for, of, and I want, I didn't want to copy them, but they were just an inspiration. Um, but now that I revisit it, I'm actually doing a rebranding of my packaging. Um, I, I have like a a session in the mid of, um, December because I think for, um my because i hadn't defined who my target audience was exactly perfectly like we talked about um for my target audience i think the the look and feel of like the bottles doesn't match what my um like mission statement really is like it's luxury it's glass it's recyclable but that's mm-hmm. something that you would find at like a like a clinique or something else right as opposed to a more of a natural looking um, product. So mm-hmm. we're trying to just rebrand the image and inshallah, that's okay. something new you'll see in the future, but it is very, very, very important because, you know, part of marketing is, you know, you have just a few seconds to grab somebody's attention. Right. Right. Um, and then the packaging has to match what your vision is. For sure. I mean, the packaging is kind of like that first impression, like when you show up on a date and you have, they have that first glance, right? It's everything. And so the, the packaging, when they open that box and they receive your product and the first look they give, that's right. kind of the initial impression before they even right. use the product that, that you know, they want to you hit them with 
you know, something where they're going to feel like, okay, this is, this is very much newer. This is very much this brand and who they are and, and right. who they speak to, right? Right, right. So yeah. we got the luxury part down, but I think we um, miss missed a beat on the sustainable natural part where it is all those things, but it doesn't look like it is those things. Mm-hmm. Does that, well, it's, does that, um, yeah. And it's interesting that you say that. And I like that you say that because what you're saying essentially is guys don't overthink it. You're saying, go with it, go with your initial, you know, idea or, or your initial concept of what you think would work and modify it along the way. I'm partnered in a, an e-commerce brand. We're called Craywoods. We're actually, these glasses are, made by by us and we're also a sustainable eyewear so we do like wooden frames and we oh, plant really? the tree for every okay. pair sold yeah so uh it's craywoods.com to give it a shout out if you want to check it out and what we've gone through i think like five to ten iterations of our packaging so far you know just always improving it and changing it right, and getting ideas right, 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 yeah. so i think that's an important point is that you know when you're creating a product business as you mentioned earlier we could get stuck on perfection right like the analysis paralysis mm-hmm. and it's very important as an entrepreneur to just understand that no matter what it is that you do, it's always going to change. I mean, if it doesn't, that means you're stagnating, right? So whether right. whether it's your packaging, whether it's your marketing, whether it's anything else, go with what you think is best right now, and then you can improve it as you go along. Right, right, right exactly. And so we're about two years really in and then, um, but of course, it's a high cost, right, to initially mm. do all that. And so once you're, um, so, so you're going to have to invest again into, right. you know, the, the remarketing, the repackaging and things like that. Yes. So that's just something that, um, you know, if, if you want to do that, that's your, what you're going to have to do. And that's the decision that we made that I think we're going to have to just change, sure. change it up a little bit. Yeah. So we got two, three more questions that I'm going to, that I'm going to bring up here. One of them is, uh, how long did it take, uh, some from my viewers on YouTube, how long did it take for you to formulate your products? Uh, so like the creation phase of the product, how long did that take you? Two years. Wow. So definitely a long time. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't just an overnight. So when somebody thinks right. that, you know, whatever, because, um, and that's just not me, like a product once, um, because we do have, um, products that are not, you know, that were are manufactured by you know other facilities right so we have the face mist and we have a cleanser actually that we're testing right now i've been testing it for almost eight months now and we've done different reiterations for sensitive skin so that's one of the new products that are coming out it's a sensitive skin um facial cleanser right um and so we've been testing it for eight months and there's different iterations going on um, but it's just back and forth because you have to formulate it and maybe it doesn't, then you have to test it and then you have to get the data and then you have to reformulate it and then you have to test it on a number of people and then, you know, all those t- types of things. And then you have to recreate it and get, you know, um, things done. So I don't know if somebody's trying to create a skincare brand, please come to me because, um, you know, I, this was a learning experience for me on how yeah. formulas are actually measured and created. There's like a science behind that. And that was all something that also took me months to learn, you know, from, um, from different people. So I worked with a, um, organic, um, chemist actually initially. Um, okay. and they're the ones who kind of helped me um, formulated and I find found them on Fiverr. I don't know if um, or Upwork, if if you know right. these websites. So if you're looking for yeah, something, because they can be they can be expensive. So you can find a lot of your resources on um, these platforms. 
Definitely. Uh, amazing platforms. I use them all the time in my business. Another question from the audience uh, right here. So also from one of our viewers on YouTube, what are some of your references or resources when it comes to marketing tactics? So we talked about marketing, uh, you know, on this episode, influencer marketing, Facebook, Instagram. I think maybe uh, what they're asking is, you know, what do you refer to? What are some resources to help you in, throughout devising strategies for your e-commerce business? Got it. So definitely speak to a marketing expert, right? Okay. It's like I did the the, the first thing, mm -hmm. but also you're going to have to budget um, a portion of your you know budget towards marketing because you can't mm -hmm. have sales without marketing. And I think I misunderstood that as well. How important right. that piece was. You would think that it would be intuitive, but for some reason that was something that I missed, and that's something that I'm working on and struggling with now although you know alhamdulillah we i went through all those struggles before i'm now finally hired a professional marketing firm to help me with some of those um those pieces that i am not an expert on and right. so the first thing um and reading a lot of blogs so reading marketing blogs reading um you know articles that come out on how to market that helped me a lot so the um the number one thing that I didn't realize was the email list and sending out, you know, not, you know, a whole lot of emails because people don't like, you know, to be bombarded. But yeah. we get a lot, believe it or not, of our orders from email, our email lists. So when you have an update, when you have a new product come out, when you just have it, you know, people click on it. So um, and our yeah. click rate for opening up emails is like 30 percent. Amazing. Mashallah. Yeah, so which that's is actually really, great. really that's high. Beautiful. As, as yeah, that's know, great. Right? Because you have, again, your audience is who you want your audience to be, right? Right. So. Definitely. Anyways, so. Um, <laughs> and do you, do you, a uh, question here that I'm going to uh, like add on to it, but when you talk about email marketing, are you always sending, because a lot of people think okay, I should just always send like discounts or offers or this or that. Do you, do you actually, you know, only sell in those emails or do you sometimes share updates or share what you're working on or share some yes, that's important so we share updates because a lot of what we also do is you know uh percentage of our proceeds go to you know this cause or that cause whatever so when uh right. you want to follow up with people that okay you know this month we were able to provide you know meals for the homeless with the purchases that were made you know mm -hmm. and um we just had an email go out last week that, you know, so in, this is product is back in stock or we had an email go out that we apologize that everything is out of stock because of COVID and we can't, you know, source anything because it's our, right. you know, the, you know, the, um, the supply chain is so backed up. So, mm -hmm. you know, those types of things. So people love, love that. Um, and then we thought about creating like just a newsletter with, you know, updates on recipes and just informational, but we just don't have the bandwidth. So got it. Got it. And we'll take one last question from the audience. And this one is very simple. Do you ship worldwide? So do you offer worldwide shipping? Um, no, <laughs> not yet. <sighs> no, I'm sorry. But Whoever asked this question, I apologize. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. But I will, if you um, want me to, I will, I will, I will ship it to you. We don't offer it on our website right now because most people don't want to pay the, because even if, I pay for shipping, for example, um, yeah. they still have to pay um, a tax yeah. for incoming products in most like countries, right? Whatever, yeah. And so most mm -hmm. people don't want to do that. 
Mm. right now so we ship to canada actually all the time so canada okay. is not a problem we okay. have shipped to england and we have shipped to germany before um and so those are the countries that we've shipped to before so okay. if you want me to i will as long as um i can't control the country that i'm selling to's tax that they charge on incoming products so i can control okay. things on my end so a lot of people don't want to do that yeah. All right. Well, if ever you're interested, reach out to uh, Sister Rouge and your beauty yes, on Instagram. Yes, and I will be happy and, uh, to send yeah. you anything. <laughs> yeah, send them a DM and, and and see if we can get that arranged for you, inshallah. Just go ahead on. Uh, it's a New York Beauty, right? So N Y U R E Beauty yes. on Instagram, right? Yeah. So go ahead and, and pull that up. Send them a DM and and reach out. So. Honestly, uh, it's been a beautiful episode. We've had so much value shared today and so many insights that, you know, people can benefit from. And I think anyone starting a product business would be really doing themselves a disservice by not listening to this episode and taking notes because this was a masterclass that, you know, there's so much value shared and so much benefit that you can take away, honestly, from, from everything that we discussed. How can people connect with you? How can people support you? How can people go and buy your products? Where should we send our listeners to if they want to sure. learn more about you? You can go to nyure.com, N-Y-U-R-E.com, and that has all our information. You can send me a message through there, um, or you can DM me through at nyurebeauty, N-Y-U-R-E-B-E-A-T-U. Okay, um, awesome. So nyure.com and your beauty on Instagram. We're going to drop the links in the episode notes if you're listening perfect. on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Yeah or you know, the description, YouTube, whatever it is, but check out the description episode notes and you'll find the links there. New York Beauty, N-Y-U-R-E Beauty, okay? Or newyork.com, check that out, guys. And make sure to go and give their products a try and see how you like it and send her a DM, give them uh, your feedback and send me a DM as well and let me know if you did get a chance to try the product after the episode. I would love to hear your uh, opinion as well. Uh, sis, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so Thank much for joining me so today. Thank you so much. Was, I really appreciate it. This was really, you know, um, a great, great learning experience for me too, because I've only been on a handful of podcasts. So I apologize if I, you know, tripped up or stuttered or uh, <laughs> not at all. Wasn't as articulate as you know you had hoped. No, not at all. This was uh this was like I said, this was a master class. So I mean, if if someone was listening to this and not taking notes, I don't know what you're doing out there. But <laughs> I mean, you. look, and, there's know, a lot of value am, to be had here. I'm always open to help out anybody because you know that is something that you know we as muslims need to do if you're going to help somebody out you're only going to increase your own baraka you know you're yeah, not going to take 100%. away from anybody by helping that from yourself by helping out um somebody well, else because attitude. you know yeah. that is just you know the mindset that you have to have yeah 100 percent. i love that attitude mashallah and it shows in the way that you source your products the you know the the way that you operate as a business that yeah it's evident that you live uh you live within that uh mantra as well so it's really nice to have you. And again, guys, if you are thinking of buying a skincare product and you head to Sephora, do a 180, turn back, go home and go to newyork.com and get a bottle of their skincare and you'll be amazed inshallah. They make for great <laughs> gifts. The packaging that it comes on is beautiful. When we send it as a gift, you can just mention in there. And um, we also have the, the men's care products. So Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It was a pleasure. All right. Uh, thank you so much. Assalamualaikum. Welcome, Sam. And guys, you know the drill. So if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe and rate the podcast to show your support. And also, if you need help with your business, okay, uh, go and follow us on your social media platform, on your favorite platform, search Omarpreneur, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, wherever you are. And if you want to speak to us, you're like, hey, Abby, I want to talk to you. I want to ask you questions. I Maybe I want help with my business. You can do so by going to omarpreneur.com slash call. So omarpreneur.com slash call. 
And we'll speak to you to understand where your goals are and how we can help you in your business journey, inshallah. Whether you're just getting started, whether you just want to start from scratch, or you want to grow your business and take the next level. Until then, I'll see you in the next episode, guys. Take care. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.